welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me today is two very special guests. Well, I guess y'all are, y'all are still special. And then one really special guest. But I've got Court Winsett here. Hello. And Cameron Spann. Hello. And then we'll introduce the mystery guest in a minute. Mystery guest. Last ep, it kind of kind of generated some talk back, huh? It got a lot of buzz. I mean, David loved it. Um, I think we had we had a lot more fun with it than we thought we were going to do. And uh, I think that a lot of people are now buzzing about adulting. Ugh. <laughs> I, know, I hate that term. <laughs> I know you hate it, but it's, I mean, I feel like it's just common, right, Cam? Yeah. Like, a ton of people talk about it. Yeah, I'm just excited. Does that mean we're trending if we are abuzz? Uh, I guess so. I mean, yeah. you know, somebody's buzzing. <laughs> we should ask the cool people in New York City if we are abuzz. <laughs> I mean, uh, our special Downloading guest you. may be from New York. I don't know. <laughs> okay, before we get into our special guest, or do we want to introduce her before so she can be a part of the list? Yeah, she, we can go ahead and introduce her, and and uh, and she can at least say hello, and then we can jump into the list after. Well, do you want to introduce her? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know her. Um <laughs> Because last week was an episode on the people coming out of school and going into adulthood and uh, so forth, we we decided we would actually bring on a guest that has come out of school and is going into adulthood. And currently she is, as you have probably heard me mention many times before, living in New York City. It is, of course, my daughter. And I guess I, I try to avoid saying my kids' names, but I guess there's no way to avoid saying hello to Cakey Winsett. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> or you may actually hear us say bake several times because that is the nickname that uh, Court gives to her that all of us, I think, we didn't really know her real name for a long time. It was just bake. So I've got a weird confession to make. I got another. So <laughs> I call all of Court's family members by their their nicknames that Court calls them. Like yeah. his wife, I call her Bobby. <laughs> Cakey, I call her Bake. I don't even know your youngest daughter's name because I call her a little bit. <laughs> yep. And the boy. So sorry, Cakey. I bake. <laughs> I totally stepped over you. Go ahead and uh, tell everybody about yourself. You're totally fine. So my name is Cakey. Um or Bake, or Caitlin. There's a lot of options. And I am Court's oldest daughter. And as he's mentioned, I currently live in New York. I have a few different jobs that I do. And yeah, I'm just trying to make it through my 20s, basically. And one of your many jobs is uh, me bothering you, right? Because (laughs) you, you help handle our social media for our firms and some of our communications. That I do. I am the hands behind the Twitter and the Instagram and the memes, especially the memes. You're the meme queen. Yes. <laughs> I am. The meme specialist. So uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on adulting? Um, <laughs> I feel like adulting is one of those things that like, until you've already done it, you don't know what it is. So I'm kind of in the middle of the adulting process and therefore I have no idea what's going on <laughs> at any time. I will Ever. tell you, I'm 33 and I still don't know what's going on. All the I'll time. let you know when it, when the when the learning process yeah. ends, guys, because it's. <laughs> but I mean, this is kind of a perfect segue because we're talking to Cakey. We're going to really dive into kind of adulting with her, but we've got a long list of some Twitter nugs to go through. Oh yes, Twitter nugs about adulting. So just uh, adulthood tweets related to adulthood. But let's jump right into the Twitter nugs. <laughs> Okay, we got a lot on here, so we'll rapid fire round robin this. 
Adulting is relating to Oscar the Grouch more than Elmo. Absolutely. Adulthood is basically just trying to fall asleep at night and stay awake during the day. <laughs> like 90% of adulthood is saying, wow, I can't believe it's already Christmas to your friends every month till you die, I think. <laughs> <laughs> adulthood is just saying, what a week after every week. <laughs> <laughs> the real challenge of adulthood is having to buy things that were magically just in your house growing up, like Q-tips and Windex, laundry detergent, uh, salt, like LMAO. Uh, I gotta purchase these things? <laughs> that happened to me yesterday. I couldn't find scotch tape at my house. <laughs> adulthood is literally lesson after lesson. No breaks. Adulthood is deciding that you like olives. <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know when I, I decided nope. that I like green olives. I think it had to do with the first time I ever Martini. had them basted in vodka. <laughs> Adulthood is basically whispering WTF under your breath every time you get a phone call. Truth. Adulthood is mostly whispering F every single minute. <laughs> Adulthood is waking up feeling less well rested every day until you finally just don't wake up at all one day, isn't it? One of y'all said that adulthood is just constantly cleaning the kitchen, and yes, accurate. Adulthood is wanting to cry for four days straight, but not having the time. Oh boy, yes. <laughs> adulthood is being excited to swap tips on sleeping positions to alleviate back pain. Right, Cam? <laughs> PTSD, guys. Adulthood is really waiting on one email to change your life. Oh no. Hey guys, remember at school when you would press demo on the electric piano and pretend you were really playing it? Well, that's what adulthood is, but all the time and in every situation. Truth. <laughs> the hardest thing about adulthood is still having to show up when you have absolutely no desire to. In my experience, adulthood is mostly piling stuff up on surfaces and then eventually having to clean off those surfaces. Just shove them in a box or a closet. Everyone has a junk drawer, right? Oh yeah. Yes. The biggest scam of adulthood is the price of a rug. True. <laughs> adulthood is thinking next week will be less busy until you die. Adulthood is realizing when your parents didn't like your teenage music, they were correct. <laughs> One of the worst parts of adulthood is constantly having to buy the most boring crap imaginable. <laughs> True. Adulthood is taking a preventative leave. <laughs> adulthood is a scam. The most tiring thing about adulting to me is how constant it is. There is always some crap to sort out. You chilling means you're probably just ignoring the million things on your to-do list. I can't tell you the number of times something pops into my head yep. that I'm worried about and like my heart rate just goes up. Oh yeah. Laundry, washing 30 minutes, drying 60 minutes, putting away 7 to 10 business days. <laughs> Who knew the most taxing part of being an adult is trying to figure out what the F to have for dinner every... I can't, I can't <laughs> every even read GD this one. night. <laughs> Until you die. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. I remember the way I used to get excited whenever I received a letter addressed to me when I was younger, but every time I receive one now, I think, effing, what now? <laughs> Welcome to adulthood. You get mad when they rearrange your grocery store. <laughs> One of the weirder things about being an adult is having a favorite stovetop burner. Yet, nobody <laughs> talks about it. It's true, though. It's so true. <laughs> yes. We don't talk about burners. I'm an adult, and I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want, and I wish someone would take this power from me. <laughs> so true. Oh, I have to insert real quick. My husband has this group text with a bunch of grown adult men, and randomly at midnight last night, one of them went, I haven't had a Butterfinger in a while. <laughs> what? Okay, I just want to apologize to the people I called old at 30 when I was 18. 
<laughs> Apparently, being an adult means Googling phone numbers that call you rather than answering. <laughs> I do that all the time. I do too. Welcome to adulthood. If you sleep on the wrong pillow, you'll feel like you got in a motorcycle accident for three days. <laughs> How do people work 10 plus hours a day, then come home and work out and cook? Adulting is an extreme sport. Adulting is overrated, and I would very much like to unsubscribe. <laughs> Hello and welcome to adulthood. If you do not yet have several drawers in your house full of various cables, wires, and adapters, one will be assigned to you shortly. <laughs> adulthood is eating the bruised part of the banana because you spent money and this is your GD banana. <laughs> and finally, sorry, I gotta be up early for work is the adult equivalent of my mom said no. <laughs> Twitter nugs. Okay. So the reason that we have brought Bake onto the podcast today is because one of the things that we thought we would do is answer questions that either were generated because of the podcast last week or just generally get the perspective of someone who's actually trying adulting for their first for the first time in her life and see <laughs> See what sort of questions have popped into her head while she has made this major shift from a small town in Collierville to New York City. Do I have to attempt adulthood more than once? Uh, <laughs> you will find that it is an ongoing struggle. You never can get away from it. You don't. You never. You never score a perfect ten on adulthood. Nope. <laughs> I, I feel like I can. I feel like that's going to be my goal. I feel like you're so in for disappointment in life. <laughs> Such great Thank fatherly advice. <laughs> Court shared a couple of the questions, and they're really good questions. I mean, the thing is, is obviously you're just getting thrown into the realm of adulthood. And bravo to you that you're not just getting thrown into it in an average city. You're in New York. One of the largest cities. Greatest city in the world. I mean, with... <laughs> New York. This is a musical episode, by the way. <laughs> We're back to episode Bake, one. You better sleep. Uh, fitting. It's very fitting because Bake <laughs> will come with the Broadway tunes, I guarantee you. I will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. New York City. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so one of the questions that I saw was about saving money in your 20s. What's the most pressing question for you that you feel like we, we should expand upon? Yeah, I think um, saving money is the big one. I have a savings account and I've had it for forever and I was using it up until basically I moved here to get to New York. And now that I'm in New York, I don't have like a definitive, okay, I need to save money for X anymore. And so I have just completely floundered on how much I need to save, what I'm saving for, should I have my money in a savings account or should I invest it? Like everything to do with saving money. But okay, so some of this stuff is stuff that we've hit upon many yeah. times. So we're we're gonna for those of you that have listened to us forever and ever, you you might feel like we're gonna be a little bit repetitive, but this is worth repeating because it does it is one of the cornerstones, basically, of everything that we do, right, Katie? Yeah. So saving is definitely very important, but it's also, okay, great. I can say, Kiki, save $500 a month, and she's going to laugh at me. Be like, that's <laughs> not possible. And that's, I was having a conversation with a client earlier today. And yes, the money that you can save before you hit age 30 makes a huge difference. And obviously, money that you can save before family comes into the equation because with family comes great responsibility and great big <laughs> size bills. Mm. <laughs> but it is a struggle and it's kind of an ongoing thing of trying to decide, okay, first off, you got to think about your levels of liquidity, which is kind of jargony, but really what it breaks down to is 
Figure out what are your bare minimum basic living expenses. What, how much money does it take for you to feed yourself, keep the lights on, have a roof over your head, and throw a little bit in there of having fun? Because the thing is, is you are young, you need to enjoy, and everything with what we suggest to people is that balancing act. We had the episode where we talked about teaching kids about money. It's the same thing for an adult, if you think about it. You have your spend, save, and give jars. And at any given moment, the amount that you put in those could be very different. And there's huge sections of your life, like what you're in right now, is you're trying to establish what the heck you're doing with your life. So your your give jar may be getting nothing right now, but that spend and that save jar is really where you're focusing and figuring out that balance of, okay, well, I could only get a coffee, you know, four days a week and save a little bit. And I don't have the magical number for you, but starting the discipline of saving something and never stopping that is a big deal because then you're making it a bill and you're looking at it as I'm paying myself for the future. And you said you didn't have a goal that you were saving for, but you look at it as this is some money that I'm saving for. Whatever scathingly brilliant idea or crazy dream comes up, you know that you've set aside money in that area. And as far as like where to go with it is when it comes to bank accounts versus investment accounts, that kind of goes again back to that money level and that you want to have at any given moment, at least one month's worth of living expenses in your checking account. And then past that, we like to have around two, three months of living expenses in a savings account that you can get your hands on at any moment. Past that, that's where you can kind of put it in an investment account where it's earning, working for you, but it's it's out of sight, out of mind. And with being young, like there's different ways to look at this because I also know if I have money, probably when I was your age, and I still have this problem now, if I have a lot of money at my fingertips, essentially, then I'm going to very easily say, oh, I'm in New York. I'm going to buy seven pairs of Sarah Jessica Parker shoes. And she has said that before. <laughs> Speaking from As experience. <laughs> um, our standard is saying that you know, three months of living expenses is what you need to have. Uh, but we you. do also... We also say, and this is relevant specifically for Keiki, because one of her questions was, does my objective change if my income is variable? Oh, yeah. And her income is variable, and we do have something we tell yeah. people different with variable income. If you're not having a steady paycheck, then your buffer of cash needs to be more six months of living mm -hmm. expenses. And so it may not be that if you're trying to you know, figure out which job you want to do, where you're in between then it's more important for you to be saving money in a savings account where you can get your hands on it than taking that next step in investing just because every time you put money into the market, there is a risk with it. And so I would hate for it to be that you're in a bind, you can't get work for a couple of months and you don't have adequate level of cash to pay your bills. So basically, the answer to the question is, what should you be saving for? Well, first of all, you're saving for emergencies. You're mm -hmm. saving for, I need this money now to pay my just my living expenses mm -hmm. and uh, the emergency fund. And for that, you need about three months worth of living expenses if you have a steady income or six months worth of li living expenses saved up if you have a variable income. Mm -hmm. So, Bake, your first goal is to save up 200 
thousand million dollars or however much <laughs> it costs for you to live in New York. I mean, yours expensive. Yeah. <laughs> That emergency fund should be your first goal. But also, I mean, I know, for instance, we've talked about the, one of our early, early episodes. This was the bad episode. The vacation mm-hmm. the vacation savings. After you've saved up that emergency fund, then certainly I know you like to take trips and so forth. Although most of your trips <laughs> have always centered around traveling to New York and now you live there. But <laughs> yes. you, so once you've got the emergency fund saved up, maybe you start doing a savings fund for your travel so that you can take a trip to the beach or something. But that that most important fundamental first step is the emergency funds. Next question. So I have a credit card and I have been told before to basically use it like a debit card, spend everything on the credit card and then just pay, make sure I'm paying it off. And I pay mine off basically every day because I'm paranoid about getting charged. Is there a different way I should be doing it? Should I be paying it off in full every single day of the week? I know people talk about playing the credit card game and I just don't know how to play. So credit cards are wonderful tools if used appropriately. You are using it to an extreme level (laughs) where pretty much what you're doing is you're getting that protection of it not being directly linked to your bank account. So if there is fraudulent charges, it's on your credit card. But paying it off every single day or every single time you put a charge on it is not using other people's money wisely. And... Mm -hmm. I want to put a caveat with both the saving and this is you have to know yourself. You have to know what works for you because all day long we can suggest things, but you have to understand what works best for you. And the best use of a credit card is to, yes, use it in the mindset of a debit card that you're not going to put things on there that you know you can't pay off when it becomes due in a month. But you don't want to pay it off every day because then you're not using it correctly and letting that charge card be used as not having to have your capital spent at that exact moment. And especially with you not getting steady paychecks necessarily or money's coming in at different times, then what you're doing is if you go out and have a great dinner with friends and put $50 on this credit card, instead of you then taking $50 out of your checking account to pay it off tomorrow, wait until it becomes due in a month and then just make sure you've still got that amount of money in your bank account to pay it off. And of course, we never want you to roll over and have an interest. But what this kind of does is it makes it if heaven forbid something happened and you had to have a month that you had to pay interest on it, you still then have your cash that if some emergency happens, but that's not going to happen to you because you're going to have six months worth of living expenses saved, right? Yes. Okay, so let me bottom line the answer to that question. Wait until your statement comes out and look (laughs) at the amount that is on your statement and pay that amount. No more, no less. And just the amount that is due for the statement, not the balance on the card. Exactly. The statement. Look at what the balance is owed on the statement for the previous month and you pay that balance because that is the balance that if you don't pay that balance off that is on your statement, they will start charging you interest on whatever money you did not pay off. So if you mm-hmm. receive a statement, if you owe $7,000 on your credit card, but that's because over the course of the month you charged 1000 and then your statement was issued and your statement says you owe $1,000 and then the next day you went out and spent 6000 more. You owe $7,000, but what you need to pay immediately is the 1000 that is on that statement. And then you better have the 6000 ready to pay at the end of the next month. Yeah, it's think about it. If you needed to get home, 
You could put on your credit card a $1,000 plane ticket today, but you know you've got 30 days to save up and pay that off, and you're not having to lose $1,000 out of your checking account right now. Now, if this is a mental accounting trick that you're playing with yourself because you're afraid <laughs> that if you don't go ahead and pay the balance every day, you'll forget what all you spent and you actually will spend more than you have, you need to just figure out a different way to keep track of the money that you've spent on your credit card, whether it be you know, checking your credit card app daily just to see what that balance is so that you know what's going to be coming when they issue the statement. Or if you absolutely have to move that money out of your checking account, don't give it to the credit card people. They don't want it yet. Put it in your savings <laughs> account. Shift it to some other account that so that you see that that money is not in your checking. Whatever it is you need to do to make sure that you're tracking the money that you spend. I know this is crazy to you young folk, but you could potentially write it down. You could write down <gasps> the expenditures no. that you make Blast on your credit card. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. And it's, I'll, I'll admit the credit card game, it, it's tough because it's a slippery slope and it's kind of misleading. I know credit cards now have to put on statements. If you just pay the minimum payment, this is how long it would take you to pay it off. Mm. But it is kind of confusing because you see, you see a, a minimum payment on there. You see your statement balance and then you see total balance. And this other thing that I know a couple of my credit cards have thrown in there recently, have do either any of y'all have the planet? Have y'all seen this? Yeah, where you can schedule a payment. Well, no, this is where like a large ticket item on there. So like if when I bought, I just had to put a plane ticket on my card. And so it's a larger amount of money and it had an option where I could plan it. So I could essentially take that dollar amount and I could finance it per se over like 10 payments or something like that. It's a dangerous game because you could have like 10 or so different plan it items where you're financing it. And instead of getting hit with the 18, 20% interest, you're getting hit with a flat fee every month for breaking up that payment. So in one way, it's kind of good that if, you know, Kiki, you got yourself into a situation where you had to book an emergency plane ticket to come see dear old dad and mom, and you didn't have the cash because something happened with your job, that plan it option is good in that situation when used wisely to like not have you hit with that 18, 20%, but it's, it's a dangerous slope. So when you, when you guys pay your credit card bill, I assume you both have credit cards and pay them. Too many. Yes. You, do, you, do you just go into the app and pay it through the app? Yeah. yeah every okay. time. So Cake, when you go into your credit card app uh, to pay your credit card bill, because I'm sure that's how you pay yours as well. Uh, it, it usually, if it's anything like my credit cards, they, all of my credit card apps offer me options. When I click pay credit card, it says pay amount owed, pay the full credit card balance, pay the minimum balance or other amount. Mm -hmm. And you can type mm -hmm. in the random amount. Well, you want to pay the, you want to pay the statement amount. Mm -hmm. You want to pay the amount owed. You do not want to pay the full balance. Um, okay. you just, you let that, whatever isn't the full balance, you let that ride uh, until it's actually due. And that way you're taking it, they're basically making you a one month loan of that money and you're taking advantage of it and getting to hang on to your cash for the time being. Mm -hmm. Next question. This one is also in relation to credit cards. Should I be putting my rent payment on my credit card or is that something that should come out of my bank account directly? Does your credit card give you points and perks? It does. Stick it all on there. Does your Perfect. landlord charge you oh, a yeah. fee yep. for you putting your rent on your credit card? 
I don't believe so, but that is something I would have to check in on. Check and see. If they if they don't charge you a fee for it, then there's no reason not to put it on your credit card. Um, mm-hmm. Like, for instance, we we initially we were putting uh, college tuitions on our credit card because of all the points, but then we realized that they were charging us a fee every time we did yeah. that, and we were like... Like, no. Carterville Water charges a fee for using a credit card, so yeah. that's like the only thing I still write a paper check for. <laughs> You look at a convenience factor too, because if he comes back and it's a very small fee, then it might still be worth it depending on the perks and points you are getting. And just for a simple convenience factor of not having to write a check. Yes. So I have a tendency, um, Katie, I think we're somewhere in this. I really like purchasing things. (laughs) Um, And I just want to know if you guys, Katie, you specifically as a fellow purchaser of things, have any advice on how to Basically, be realistic with my budgeting, knowing the fact that if Urban Outfitters has a sale, I'm going to shop there. Or if a friend asks me to go to drinks, I'm going to do it. Uh, I think we did a whole episode where my dad even was like, I'm putting a spendthrift like, account on you. <laughs> um, it's a struggle for sure. And I will tell you, I mean, I, I do this for a living. I talk to people. I help people with, but I actually heard one of our coworkers talking to a potential client. I was like, oh, Katie's our budget guru. And I went home and told Daniel that. And he's like, that's funny because <laughs> I'm very good with that. I'm very good with understanding that. And I know what I need to do, but there is that struggle because you are like me and you see great sales or you, you know, don't want to miss FOMO. Do people still say that FOMO? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah. So you want to jump and I mean, especially because you're in such a fun city and you want to be like, yeah, let's go get drinks. Let's do this. My only advice, and I will tell you, I get myself into trouble and it happens like I'm right now dealing with the fact that I've got multiple friends having big moments happening right now, you know, a new kid, marriage, things like that. And I'm keep going, oh, I'm going to throw money towards this and, you know, throw this party for them or buy this for them. And then before I know it, I'm like, oh, I just spent way too much and that credit card bill comes and it hurts. Mm-hmm. So my only suggestion is Know yourself and know that you're going to do that and just try and think about the timing and somehow try and rationalize it. And the rationalization <laughs> can't be like, I had a crap day. I need this. Yes. But I know- Kiki, listen to that. Listen, listen to her. <laughs> it's hard for me to preach this to her because I'm really bad about it. But the thing that I've done is... I haven't done a rules restrictive budget, but I've just allowed myself an allotment and said, look, this is how much I'm going to let myself spend in a month on feel better purchases or sale purchases. (laughs) And then I've got another set amount that is my entertainment. And that's where, you know, if somebody calls and says, hey, let's go get drinks or let's go to this concert. I kind of look at that and see, okay, I've got this money. And if you look at it and you say, okay, well, crap, I've spent all my allocation for this month and it's like the sixth of the month, then that's when you kind of have a conversation with yourself and look at your budget and go, okay, where else could, if this is so important to me, where else could I cut it? Could I, you know, not eat out as much this month? Could I do that? But restricting budgets is really hard on anybody and um, especially for us that like to spend and like to be in the moment and be with friends. And if we were to tell you, we'll quit going out, like your your dad was like, oh, we'll just cut, just limit. <laughs> but if it feeds your soul and it makes you happy, then you've got to have some kind of balancing act of just like, uh, okay, well, I just went, I just blacked out and bought 
all these shoes or bought all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, Keki doesn't sleep at night, so yeah, she has a she has an issue with staying up really late and shopping online. So well, and I tried to fix myself with that, and I would just leave a bunch of stuff in a cart, and then. I would have stuff in the cart and then actually go on those sites and they, the sites remember, they keep things in your cart and go they on there. They email you. Yeah. They're like, oh, you forgot something. And you're like, shut up. Oh, I was trying to forget <laughs> it. I was not trying to buy that. So it's tough. I had to unsubscribe from all of my favorite sites because they would email me with discounts and sales and tell me that I had things in the cart. And every time I got an email, it was just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Katie, when you said yes. you, you black you black out and end up just with nice things or whatever you said, <laughs> it reminds me of a uh, Moon Knight. Have you all seen Moon Knight? Yeah, on yeah. But, well, he he blacks out and uh, he's a superhero. Blacks out and wakes up and there are a lot of people dead around him. So at least <laughs> at least you're not killing people when you black out. <laughs> when you black out, just nice things appear in your house. Yes, and it, it's a slippery slope. This is true life. This is what happened. I'm transparent with you guys. Like I uh, did have a quick 24 hours in New York and went to the Sarah Jessica Parker store and bought a lot of shoes, but then forgot when I came home that then I had to host a baby shower. So then I had to spend money on that. And then it happens, but you can't say no. Like, but you want to go back and be like, dang, if I had known I had all this other stuff come up, I wouldn't have bought so many shoes or I wouldn't have done this. And all I can say is have some grace with yourself. It's going to happen and you'll eventually kind of get your groove and figure it out. But there will be months that you're just, you have a bad day and it just all gets blown <laughs> up. And that's kind of where that emergency fund, yes, it's supposed to be for emergencies, true emergencies, but I think it's also for the emergency of yourself saving yourself because we can't control ourselves sometimes. And there's pretty things that we want to buy. Yes. Okay, so Cake, one of the other questions you asked was tax related? Yes. So I have two jobs that are remote. So my dad introduced me to the term write it off in your taxes. And I want to know how to utilize writing things off as a remote worker. What can I write off? Um, okay, so first of all, in my defense, I don't think I've ever gone around throwing out the phrase write it off on your taxes. <laughs> I don't think that that I don't think she heard that from me. <laughs> But uh, secondly, basically what you're talking about is tax deductions and what can you deduct yes. on your taxes. And um, Especially because I am the type, I've, you mentioned it last episode and I cannot remember. Basically, at least two of my jobs do not take taxes from me. So I have to take care of paying my taxes myself mm-hmm. and like put that money away. So I sometimes use tax deductions to lessen the burden of that number. There you go. <laughs> okay, so basically the short answer to your question is an unfortunate but true uh, statement. Um, you're not going to be needing to worry about what's deductible on your taxes for a long time, mainly because the standard deduction is is basically just an amount that the, that the IRS says, you can take this much off of your earned income uh, as a standard deduction, everybody in the world you, or everybody in America, you just this is your standard deduction if you want to do it. If you don't want to use your standard deduction, this basic amount that the IRS gives you, then you can itemize and actually use all of your deductions for all of the stuff that you do that is tax deductible. For most people, the standard deduction is probably higher than what your itemized deduction would be if you itemized everything. So you either itemize and you worry about, oh, I've got a home office, so I'm going to deduct this, this, and this. And you 
you know, I'm going to deduct this because this was business travel or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is you're thinking might be deductible. You take all of that and add it up. And for most people, that amount is going to be less than the standard deduction that the IRS will let you take. So until you're really just ginning a whole lot of expenses because of your job, (laughs) you're not going to need to worry about it. So I would say for all of the young people out there that are listening to this Q&A, please feel free to seek the advice of a tax professional if you think mm-hmm. you might be that that gemstone that actually does do a lot of deductible activities and spend a lot of uh, have a lot of deductible expenses you know you can check and see uh, it's it's worth looking into but I, I happen to know Keiki and so for her <laughs> I know that that standard deduction is going to yeah. be fine for her but I mean I think it's a good practice to at least keep a record of that and think about it okay with this 1099 business I use you know, internet, I use my phone, I use, you know, my printer, stuff like that. So that whenever it comes time that that may come into play, you have a record of it. I mean, I know I have my Pickler Events business that right now doesn't do a ton of business, but I try and I have a basic Excel sheet, but when I'm on the road, it's just on my phone and notes. And I just keep up with every time I drive. So that's part of like car and gas. And then I keep up with kind of the hours I'm doing things. So then I can give that to my CPA and then they can determine, does it help my situation or is it kind of just doesn't really do anything at that point. But I think that is a, there's a trend with you doing remote work that a ton of people are doing that and a ton of people are having side hustles. And so it's the devil in the details and keeping good notes about what you're doing because you never know when the wind will blow and the tax situation will change. And so I think every year it's worth bringing up and having that database of like, hey, this is what my business did and this is what I had to use for the business. Mm-hmm. I know you got at least one more in you, kick. I do. So I sent this to my father se- semi as a joke, but in reality, it is a very real question I have. I have a Roth IRA because my dad told me to. <laughs> I don't know how much I should be contributing to that or if I should be contributing to that regularly. And I have basic details of how it works, mainly from this podcast, but I don't know if I'm utilizing it the way I could be. The Roth IRA, your your dad is a wise man. That was <laughs> such a great suggestion to you. And really, I'll just boil it down. Uh, this is money that whether you're adding to it or not, even if it's just sitting there with some money in there, this is money that is going to grow tax-free. And then when you hit retirement age, you can pull this money out tax-free. So what I love about that is what's different than a non-Roth retirement money is when you hit retirement age, you look at this and your balance says $100,000. You can pull out, uh, you can pull the money out, and it is one hundred thousand dollars. If you had a traditional IRA, traditional retirement account, then you still have to pay taxes on that. So that hundred thousand dollars is not going to be a hundred thousand dollars that you're going to get. Now, on contributing to it, again, it is a balancing act. We want to make mm-hmm. sure. I don't. Too many people, I think, especially your generation, they are putting too much emphasis on retirement dollars and not that balancing act. And it really is, you know, that, that should kind of be the adulthood three jars is it should be spending, saving, and breaking down the savings between retirement and non-retirement dollars, because those Mm -hmm. are two totally different things because retirement dollars are that longer term. And then saving is just going to be where you're going to be using it 
and not get hit with a penalty for pulling it out early. Yes, you being able to save for retirement now is huge. And especially if your company that you work for does not offer your own retirement, then you need to be in charge of what you're doing to set yourself up for success. But it doesn't need to be that you're just loading the boat with so much retirement dollars that you don't have that emergency fund and you don't have some non-retirement dollars saved for your future of, you know, owning a home or family or anything like that. So I know that's not really an answer, but it's kind of just a, it's a balance approach. You can put up to $6,000 a year into this Roth IRA account. And the reason we tell people, especially to do it when they're young, is because there could be a situation where your earned income how much you're making could be too much where the government is like, I'm sorry, you can no longer contribute to a Roth. I said that to somebody one day and they said, that's rude. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't (laughs) make the rules. That is rude. But it's you. we never know what your situation is going to be and you could end up getting this incredible job that you're making so much money and then you can't contribute to a Roth IRA. And so your option of having money work for you growing tax-free is gone and you're kind of kicking yourself like, crud, why didn't I do that when I was 20? Yeah. I think the two points that are probably the most important thing that that, that we can tell you, Keiki, are, first of all, the maximum amount that you could put away in the Roth IRA per year is that $6,000 figure that Katie told you. So right. you, you're not ever going to put in more than $6,000 in one year, okay? <laughs> so you could take that 6000 and divide it by 12, and that would be 500 per month, maximum of $500 per month that you could put in a Roth if you wanted to. But here's the other key number that I want you to keep in mind whenever you're thinking about putting money in your Roth. The number is 59 and a half. And that is the age you have to be before you can withdraw that money from the Roth IRA without a penalty. You need to think of this money as if you're putting this money in your Roth, it is money that you do not need and you are not going to touch for a long, long time. Because you are nowhere near 59 and a half. That's for sure. Don't be telling her age. (laughs) I didn't tell her age. Um, so yeah, two numbers, 6,000 and 59 and a half. I think those are probably the two most important yeah. numbers. Okay. Keiki, you need to throw in at least one pop culture reference yeah. since you're, since you're just oh. in the Mecca right now. I, um, okay. About New York or. I mean, just about anything, you know, it is a pop culture, uh, laden podcast that we do here. It is indeed. I would consider my current journey of adulting to be similar to that of the movie where they have to the Sandra Bullock movie with their eyes closed it's like birds something bird box bird box yes um I'm closing my eyes and running and hoping for the best (laughs) wow but you're not in a post-apocalyptic world so that's a good thing (laughs) at least she's not like the movie big I thought about that like that's a lot of us though when you think Mm. about like when he becomes an adult and then he buys like bunk beds and an indoor I don't know. When Big came out, it upset me because I didn't. I, I I I couldn't see. I couldn't see wanting to go back to be a kid after after everything he accomplished. I mean, I, I was around the age of the of the boy uh, that became Tom Hanks when that movie came out. I was. I think I was a little older than the boy, but I was around that age. You know, I was still somewhat young myself. And the I, I just it absolutely frustrated the heck out of me the idea that this kid would like become you know vice president of a toy company and be wealthy and have a hot girlfriend and then decide that he wanted to be a kid again. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> no, no, wouldn't do it. You wouldn't be no. getting me back. Sorry, no. Ma. 
Okay, have you seen any celebrities? Okay, so I saw Rachel Dratch in a show, and I saw Jesse Williams also in a show. I, I, I see a lot of Broadway shows. Oh, you ever do oh a Broadway the, the Jesse Bobby. Williams show? Yes, she saw that that Jesse Jeff, Williams show. That show? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. Yeah, I've seen almost, it twice. I almost saw, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, she needed <laughs> she to see it again. It. <laughs> they have a good 30 under 30 deal, so if you're under 30 years old, you can get a $30 ticket. Wow, that's pretty cool. Well, we The one I'm, thing I have plenty of knowledge on is Broadway budgeting. So if you want to do an episode on Broadway yeah. budgeting, I can I have a lot to talk about with that. <laughs> I, I think that would be a lot of fun because we all really like Broadway. And uh, just from my quick 24-hour experience of trying to cram in two shows um, and me looking at your TikTok and Instagram and seeing how many shows you keep cramming in, I think that'd be a fun episode. Yes. Okay. Wrapping it up. Bake. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was fun. Not often I get to do a podcast with my daughter. Oh, family time. Family time. Lovely. We're not going to do a bullseye this week, ladies and gentlemen. This was just a Q&A with cake. That's what we're going to call it. It's the bakey q and Aki. Oh, listen, there's the closing bell. Ladies and gentlemen, you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beamed directly to your favorite listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about me or Cameron or Katie, please feel free to go to our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. You can uh, leave us a question, you can remark on our episode, or you can suggest a topic that you'd like to hear about. The reason that we came up with this adulting episode, or this adulting series that we've now done, is because Bake suggested an episode topic, so we actually do follow up when people ask us to do stuff. Um, if you like pictures, we got the pictures. We can uh, we can post those pictures on our Instagram handle, that's at Bullcast Podcast, and we also do like the words, and as Keiki mentioned earlier today, she is a... Our Twitter person, so uh, you the can. The gig is up. It's you not can, us. <laughs> you can see you can see tweets on the twits at uh, that Twitter <laughs> handle is at Bullcast Podcast as well. Finally, if you'd like to hear more about where Katie Cameron and I work, we work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And you can find out more about us, actually, more about our amazing team, what we do at Pickler Wealth Advisors, and our boss, David Pickler, by going to picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, we have given you so much. Oh, just a treasure trove, a wealth of information, if you will, that I feel like we're spent. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we're done. Done.